Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast listeners out there. Gus Kearns here with you. Solo ride this evening, this afternoon, or this morning, however you may be consuming the podcast. Thanks for tuning in and carving out a little time for us. Uh, Mike and I are excited to bring you some more college basketball news. Today's podcast is going to be pretty simple. We're going to go over some of the best backcourts that you're going to put your eyes on this upcoming 2017-2018 season. These are not in any particular order. It is not our job to rank these backcourts, but it is our job to bring attention to them. So when you guys tune in, in just a few short months, a few short weeks, you're going to be like, oh yeah, wait a second. I remember Screen the Screener telling me about this backcourt and to pay attention to these guys. These guys are worth the watch. So we thought that we would give you guys a few backcourts to pay attention to, why to pay attention to them, run down a few of their highlights, and then get out of your hair for the evening, morning, or afternoon. So uh, uh, if you like what you're hearing and uh, you're enjoying the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast, uh, do us a favor. Uh, follow, the, follow the podcast. Our Twitter handle is at S the S podcast. Uh, efficiency of keystrokes, as always. If you'd like to email the show, please hit us up and let us know how we're doing. Let us know what we should be talking about, and we'll try to take a peek at it and get back to you as soon as possible. You can hit us up on Gmail, uh, sespodcast at gmail.com. Mike Randall is a fabulous follow. Please make sure that you give him a follow. He has a new Twitter handle. Alert, alert, alert. New Twitter handle for Mike Randall. He is at Randall Rant. Pretty simple. And uh, Mike and I are putting together uh, a nice package of Screen the Screener uh, uh, things for you to consume uh, for this upcoming season. And you can take a look at those things that we're putting together and building for you guys at RandallRant.com. There'll be a Screen the Screener tab. You can click on that. If you're a fantasy football person, Mike got a whole bunch of that for you as well. So please hit those avenues up as well. Uh, so these backcourts, huh? We always say the backcourts win in March, right? Guards win in March. Uh, earlier this summer, while you guys were floating around vacation, I made sure that not only do backcourts and guards win in March, every team needs that required big. And we, if you need to revisit uh, who the good bigs are, who the quality bigs are, who the difference maker bigs are, go back and revisit Ethan Happ is a coelacanth. The Coelacanth podcast highlighted all the great bigs that we think are going to make a difference and perhaps make the tournament. And these backcourts that we're going to talk about today are similar to those Coelacanths. They are difference-making backcourts. They are backcourts with potential NBA players, uh, just plain old great college basketball players, and college basketball players that you should just enjoy watching. So again, it's not our job to rank them and say who's the best, who's the worst, this point guard's better than that point guard. This shooting guard's better than this this shooting guard. We just want to bring attention to student athletes that are doing their thing and doing it right. So I thought we would start locally, right? Uh, so let's just jump into the best backcourts for the 2017-2018 season. Let's go locally and let's just start in our backyard in Seton Hall. 
Seton Hall brings back two seniors and a sophomore in their uh, kind of three-headed uh, backcourt. Um, and Kadeem Carrington leads the charge. Kadeem Carrington is a senior, 6'4", been in the program forever. He's a pirate lifer, if you will. Kadeem Carrington is a guard that's not afraid to bring it into the, into the paint, absorb contact, uh, hit his free throws at a 73% clip, and also isn't afraid to shoot it from deep. He can shoot it with some efficiency, 38% from beyond the arc. Uh, Kadeem Carrington averaged uh, 17 points, uh, about three boards, and about three assists. And if we're going to pay attention to one highlighted game, I think we have to go back to that game that they actually got a win against this past year's Final Four participant, South Carolina, even though Sindorius Thornwell was not a participant in that particular game. Uh, Kadeem Carrington did put up 21 points against the defensive-minded South Carolina Gamecocks. That is definitely the game to pay attention to for him. Uh, I bet he comes back and is an all-Big East performer this year as well. One of his backcourt mates is 6'2 sophomore Miles Powell. Miles Powell uh, put up some decent numbers as a freshman and really came on uh, later on the season and found his way into the pirate rotation. He averaged about 10, almost 11 points, about two and a half boards, and only one assist because he liked to shoot it. Uh, the 6'2 soft had a breakout game early in the season and kind of put his name on the map to pay attention to for the rest of the season against Iowa back in November, on November 17th, and he put up 26 against Iowa. I mean, I, I, we all know that Iowa wasn't afraid to get up and run up and down, and neither is Seton Hall, but still as a freshman putting up 26 against a, a Power 6 school, very nice. And then uh, the swing guy that uh, will occasionally play in the backcourt with them is Desi Rodriguez, 6'6 senior, uh, averaged about 16 points a game, about five boards, just about two assists. His percentage numbers were pretty decent. If Desi can improve his numbers from the line, I think Desi's going to be an all-Big East-type performer as well. Uh, he only shot at 63%, so if we're going to nitpick at one of the weaknesses uh, of the Seton Hall team, it might be Desi Rodriguez's performance from the line. But our first best backcourt to pay attention to, the three-headed monster at Seton Hall. Go Pirates! Speaking of best backcourts and three-headed monsters... Let's also remain on the East Coast. This backcourt is more than three-headed. There's probably four or five uh, guards that are high-level, uh, that could probably play at different programs, but they all seem to be located at Rhode Island. We'll just highlight the, the top three cards. So uh, go Rhodey. Uh, all starts with E.C. Matthews. Uh, we paid close attention to E.C. Matthews last season, and it felt like he came back even though he wasn't 100% healthy right away. He looked at step off, not a step slow, just a step off center, perhaps a step off balance. And as the season went on, I felt like he got more and more sure of his body, more and more sure of how his body was going to operate for him. And once he got that assurance physically, I feel like he took some more chances and took some more risks as an athlete, whereas before... Early in the season, he was a little hesitant, and it seemed like he wasn't sure what he was able to do after coming off of injury. Uh, so I expect big things from E.C. Matthews this year. That His numbers will probably increase. Uh, he averaged just about 15 points a game, uh, over four boards, and over an assist. Uh, he shot it decently, not great, but decently, uh, about 43% from the field, 34% from three. 
uh, and about 73% from the line. Um, he is a physical stud. He is an NBA guard. Uh, he has an NBA guard's body. He has an NBA guard's uh, uh, skill set. And he is a crafty lefty. So he's a tough cover because initially you're going to try to cover, you know, drive to the right, and he's going to cross you over immediately. So I feel like those, those off guards that are crafty lefties always have like a decent advantage if you just go back to some of the other crafty lefties uh, that have had success as off guards, like, you know, the, one of the most famous ones, uh, Jalen Rose. Uh, you feel like he, he was always, always kept the defender like guessing which way he was going to go. Uh, his, one of his backcourt mates is uh, Jared Terrell. Terrell, uh, oh, just to go back to um, E.C. Matthews for a second. Uh, he did get things going once the calendar turned. Uh, you know, at the end of December, he did have a game where he had 31 points and five rebounds, so you felt like he was getting his feet under him again. Um, uh, Terrell, 6'3". Uh, he averaged just about 13 points, about three assists, uh, three boards, two assists. Uh, shot it uh, in the same neighborhood as E.C. Matthews, about 42% from the field, uh, about 35% from three, and about 75% from the line. So decent performance from the line for them. Uh, Terrell is... is is just like a ball of energy. He's not afraid to take it into the hole. Uh, he'll challenge whoever's defending him, and he is not afraid of people getting up in his grill, and he will either cross them over or just bump them out of the way. He's a little bit of a physical marvel. So both Matthews and Terrell are not afraid of physical contact, which I think plays to their favor in March. Um, and if you're going to pay attention to one game, he got off early, and in November... Uh, Terrell put up 20 points against Duke. If you're going to score 20 against Duke, I, I, yeah, you're doing your job. You're doing okay. And uh, let's not forget to pay attention to uh, Javis Garrett. He's a six foot, uh, six foot, uh, you know, combo guard. He actually led the team in assists. So I bet that Garrett plays a, alongside Terrell and Matthews. And there's a bunch of other gifted guards that um, Rhode Island has. But I think those three guys are going to find the floor the most. So. Second backcourt to pay attention to uh, in the best backcourts that you might want to put your eyes on is definitely Rhode Island. Go Brody. Uh, we'll remain on the East Coast and give a little bit of East Coast, a little bit more East Coast love. This team was kind of off the radar this past season. We've talked about them a little bit on previous podcasts. We talked about them on the Hamiltonian podcast, uh, Hamiltonian Path podcast, and I think they're due for a little bit of a comeback. Simply because of their pedigree, simply because of their uh, stable of talent that they have coming back off of injury. And I think we've got to pay attention to the Huskies. I think we've got to pay attention to UConn. Their backcourt is going to be pretty nasty. Talked about Jalen Adams. Jalen Adams was forced to do just about everything because he was one of the only Huskies that stayed healthy the entire season last year. Uh, he put up 14 points, four and a half uh, uh, boards, and over six assists. He shot it decently, 43% from the field, 50, uh, I'm sorry, 35% from three and 82 from the line. Um, and one of the games that really caught our attention was when he was matched up head-to-head -head against uh, Juwan Evans from Oklahoma State in November, and he put up 34 points in six times. It's almost like he took it as like, okay, you're one of the best point guards in the country? Yeah, I'm going to show you that I'm also one of the best point guards in the country. So I think... Adams is due for a big breakout year, especially if he can have some of his uh, some of his assignments relegated to some of the teammates that are going to be healthy this year and on the floor with him instead of everything piled on top of him. Uh, Anthony Gilbert is his backcourt mate. 
The freshman only played three games last year, which was kind of sad, uh, definitely depressing, but he's going to come back. Uh, he averaged only 10 points and uh, 10 points a game in those three games, and his first game might have been his most impactful game. He played 35 minutes and put up 14 points, but Gilbert and Adams together are you know, we talked about this on prior podcasts. Mike and I talked about this as well. When you can have two like A plus ball handlers on the floor at the same time for a long amount of time during the game, and that's exactly what I think UConn plans to do is play these guys together for pretty much thirty minutes a game. You're going to be efficient. Your team's going to take care of the ball. Both Gilbert and Adam are gifted passers. They're going to get the ball to players in the proper direction and proper positions to score. So I think UConn has to be one of those best backcourts that we pay attention to. I'm really rooting for them to get back on the radar. And it, and if you just pay attention to the you know the history what Coach Ali has done with these you know top level point guards and UConn in general, like it makes sense that we should go back and give them a little love and, and shine a little light on these guys. Speaking of shining a light, how about we go to Saint Bonaventure? We'll go back-to-back Jalen Adams. We did this before on another podcast. We were just talking about players we were looking to pay attention to. Um, But Jalen Adams and Matt Mobley, they are definitely one of the top backcourts in the whole entire nation. You think St. Bonnie's, Atlantic 10, best backcourt in the nation? Yeah, they might be. It starts with Adams. Adams average over, uh, uh, he's a, a six, I'm sorry, he's a 6'2 senior, average over 20 points a game, uh, over almost four rebounds and over six and a half assists a game. Uh, he shot a 41% from the field, 35% from three, and 82% from the line. So you'd love to see his three-point percentage maybe go up a bit, but that's nitpicking at best. Um, so if you want to pick out one game, Listen to this line he had against Buffalo. I know, like, you think Buffalo, but just listen to this line. How many other players in the nation had a line like this in any game last year? 29 points, 8, uh, eight assists, 4 boards, 5 threes, and 4 steals. What else do you want your point guard to do? Jeez, Jalen Adams, total stud. I hope he gets some uh, All-American uh status and attention during the year and i hope a couple people put him on their all-american teams whether it be third team or honorable mention that'd be really cool and his backcourt mate matt mobley uh who's a transfer from central connecticut uh six three uh senior 18 and a half points a game uh almost six boards a game and over two and a half assists a game he shot at 42 uh, percent from the field 38% from three and uh, 86% from the line. So you love having the ball in those two guys' hands, uh, end game situations, which is kind of the plan. I'm assuming they're going to make all their foul shots. And if you pick out one game, like early in November, he had 28 points against Florida with six threes. Like, are you kidding me? The, 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 the shooting guard from St. Bonaventure who's matched up against Kevon Allen. I mean, it's going to go for 28. Yikes. This backcourt is totally nasty. The big question for the Bonnies is, is, is it big going to step up to help them? Are they going to have somebody that's going to be able to bang down low, take up some space, grab some of the boards so they can actually start a fast break, uh, clog up the middle, uh, and make sure that Adams and Mobley don't have to do all that gang rebounding uh, that they're going to be asked to do? So St. Bonnies, yet another team to pay attention to for the, one of the best backcourts in the nation. Uh, let's Take a little break from the best backcourts in the nation, and let's just give some love to some of the other backcourts we're not going to go dive deep into, but I think are worth paying attention to. Uh, how about Creighton? 
with Foster and Thomas. I think that's going to be one of the best backcourts in the Big East. Definitely worth paying attention to for sure. Love that Foster's coming back. I think Foster has a chance to be one of the uh, lead the league in scoring along with um, Trayvon Blewett. How about Oregon State with Stephen Thomas Jr. and Jaquari McClellan? Those two guys are double-digit scorers coming back. They're both gigantic. They're both 6'4 or bigger. So Oregon State, and you throw Tinkle in as your swing slash stretch four, Oregon State actually might do some damage with those two guys coming back and being healthy. Uh, back to the East Coast, I think St. John's has got a great backcourt too. Shamori Pons averaged almost eight, uh, almost 18 points a game, and Marcus Levert. Uh, averaged uh, almost 16 points a game. So both of those guys are going to put up a whole bunch of shots and a whole bunch of points. St. John's and Chris Mullen have it rolling again, and those two guys are fun to watch. Sticking in the Big East, how about Marquette? This trifecta, and it's appropriate that we're using the word trifecta, of guards can shoot it from anywhere. This, these are among the best shooters in the nation. Uh, if you go Sam Hauser, he's a taller stretch uh, uh, shooting guard. You got Marquise Howard. Howard can shoot it from deep. He shot it almost 50, over 50%. And then Andrew Rousey um, also shot it over 40% from three. So all three of those guys are threats from deep. And you know that uh, you know that Marquette is going to be efficient with the ball, so they're not going to turn the ball over a ton, and those three guys can definitely bomb it from deep. A couple other uh, backcourts to pay attention to. Of course, you got to pay attention to Duke with Duval and Allen. Uh, and you throw Trent into the mix there as well. Um, Duval and Trent are really the high-touted freshman, and Allen, the returning senior, uh, who hopefully can get his act together and be one of, uh, you know, maybe recapture some of that uh, player of the year status that he was, uh, um, you know, I guess rightfully garnering lat before last season in the preseason. Uh, how about Vandy? Wouldn't it be bad to pay attention to Vandy. They got uh, Matthew Fisher Davis, and then they have Riley Lachance. Both of those guys are double-digit scorers coming back, and both of them can kind of shoot it from deep. They both shot around 40%. Uh, I think another backcourt that you need to pay attention to is Fresno State. I know we're going a little off the radar there, but if you're going to pay attention to something out west, I think Fresno State has a great backcourt. Tons of players, very similar to uh, Rhode Island, where they can run out three or four high-quality athletes. Uh, we talked about Xavier before with Blewett and, and Gooden, and uh, they bring in a great freshman, Suggs. And let's not forget about SMU. SMU brings Shake Milton back, one of my favorite players in college basketball. Uh, they got Jerry Foster, and um, they have McMurray, who's going to help out as well. So they have three quality uh, guards that are all gigantic. They're all like 6'6", six, 6'4". Six, six, um, so SMU has some size in the backcourt. So, And uh, let's not forget about Florida. I mean, you remember that beautiful uh, Chioza overtime game-winning shot on the runner, Um and they bring Kevon Allen back, and they pair him with Chioza. That's a definite best backcourt to pay attention to. Um, so those are just some of the other, uh, like you know, backcourts that you might want to pay attention to if you find them on your clicker: uh, Creighton, Oregon State, St. John's, Marquette, uh, Duke, Florida, Vandy, definitely Fresno State out west, um, Xavier, and SMU. But back to some of the highlights. Let's go to one of Mike's. I don't know if it's one of his favorites or just one of the teams he likes picking on, but West Virginia with Javon Carter and Daxter Miles Jr. Um, those two guys are just a pain in the tuchus. 
we're going to read off like their, their offensive numbers. You're going to be like, why are they one of the best backcourts in the nation? They're one of the best backcourts in the nation because they are just going to get in your grill and not allow you to be comfortable at any time during your offensive set. When you play West Virginia, the key is one of my favorite coaching mottos and, and credos of all time that I've used over and over again. If you play West Virginia, you had better be ready to be comfortable being uncomfortable because you're going to be uncomfortable the whole entire game playing Carter and, and Miles Jr. So these guys, uh, Carter is uh, was the defensive player of the year uh, in the conference. Uh, he averaged 13 Point five points, uh, five boards, and uh, 3.7 assists. He also had 92 steals, which is a little insane. He shot it pretty well from the field, too. About 44% from the floor, uh, about 39% from three, and 77% from the line. So his shooting numbers are solid across the board. The 6'2 senior will be in the running for the conference player of the year for sure, and for first team all Big 12, no doubt. His backcourt mate, Daxter Miles Jr., Again, his offensive numbers are not going to wow you. Just about eight, uh, just about nine points a game, two and a half boards, uh, just about two assists. Um, and if we highlight this backcourt, the reason I'm throwing this backcourt in as one of the best backcourts in the nation is because of their combined game in the tournament against Notre Dame. Carter went for 24 against Notre Dame, and Daxter Miles had 18 points and four steals. And of course, they moved on uh, to play Gonzaga. So the fact that this backcourt can operate in a big-time situation and put up big numbers and help their team win, I think we have to pay attention to West Virginia as well. All right, next backcourt. Let's just stay in the Big 12. And if we're going to talk best backcourts in the nation, we talked about this before, I think the conversation always has to include Kansas. They have Devontae Graham and Malik Newman. Now, Devontae Graham is going to get some All-American uh, votes for sure uh, during this preseason. The 6'2 senior has earned that. He's averaged, uh, last year he averaged 13.4 points, about three boards and about four assists. Shot at 42% from the field, about 39% from three, and just about 80% from the line. And if we pick out one of the games to highlight, it's a game against West Virginia back in February where he had 18 points and an overtime win. If you remember, that was one of the epic games of the season last year. He put up 18 and had five threes. So Devontae Graham is super streaky, but he can perform under the pressure against Carter and Miles, which was pretty impressive. And Malik Newman is a, a 6'3 sophomore uh, following uh, Bill Self, the new newly minted Hall of Famer, following his new game plan of a accepting transfers and trying to in, uh, integrate transfers into his already successful recipe uh, from Old Miss. And uh, I'm sorry, from uh, Mississippi State. And uh, if we're going to pick out one game from Malik Newman during his freshman year at, Missis, uh, at Mississippi State, he did have 25 points against Old Miss and uh, put up some big numbers. The dude is talented. He can shoot it. Uh, he can drive it. He's got some ball skills. Uh can he be more consistent? I think this Kansas backcourt is really gifted, but will a consistency be there with the rest of the backcourts that we're mentioning here? Uh, speaking of consistency, I think the one of the most consistent backcourts in the nation is going to be one of Mike's favorite, favorite teams. He's talked about them as one of his Valentine crushes, and that's the Cincinnati Bearcats. Now, the key is Kane Broom is a transfer from Sacred Heart. The guy has put up gigantic numbers. Uh, he averaged a ton of points, was pretty efficient from the field. 
and he's going to come in and run the point guard for Cincinnati. And that is the one position that they were kind of lacking coming in, so he's going to come in and solidify that without question. Um, and I just wanted to point out one particular game that Kane Broom had, and this was against uh, uh, Fairleigh Dickinson uh, back two years ago in February. But the dude put up 39 points, six boards, and six assists in a game. So he, if you have that guy running the point, I think Cincinnati's going to be in good hands. I'm not worried about that at all. And you know who's going to keep him company in the backcourt is one, another one of my favorite players uh, to watch this particular season. I'm going to put him um, you know, right alongside uh, Jalen Adams uh, from St. Bonnie's and from UConn. Um, I really, really love this player, uh, Jacob Evans. He's 6'6". He does everything for this team. He is like the heart and soul of this team. He is the perfect Bearcat. Uh, he averaged about uh, 13 and a half points, over four boards, almost three assists. Shot at uh, 47% from the field, over 40% from three. Um, and if you pick out one game, Evans went for 25 against URI back in February. So I think that's uh, I, I, he's impact. He doesn't need to score to impact the game in a big way. And uh, they're you know they're going to have a, a couple of guys that are going to run in and out. Uh, one of the guys I really like is Jaron Cumberland. He's a typical giant 6'5 Cincinnati guard, so they're going to run him in and out as well. I bet that he play. I bet uh, Mick Cronin plays all three of those guys together. So Cincinnati is going to be definitely one of the most in. I'm going to say not. In, uh, I'm going to say most consistent backcourts in the nation. I think Bruin and Evans are going to be fantastic. Um, uh, one of the uh, next backcourt, a little bit under the radar. How about if we go to Charleston and go to the CAA, right? How about in Charleston if we go uh, Joe Chile? He is going to be the player of the year in that conference. Senior, he averaged just about 18 points a game, three and a half boards, over three assists, great shooting numbers as well, 43% from the field, 39% from three, 82% from the line. And we pick out one highlight game. Chile, uh, he had he matched up against Jack Gibbs and Davidson uh, in December, and he put up 25 points and had five assists against Davidson, and directly against you know matched up man man on man against Jack Gibbs and Jack Gibbs you know this legendary Davidson player who put up giant numbers, average over 20 points a game, number of years, and his backcourt mate is uh, Grant uh, Grant Riller. Riller is a sophomore in a great freshman year. Uh, put up over 13 points per game, shot at 47% from the field, only 33% from three, but shot at 80% from the line. And dude put up 30 points against Drexel in January last year, so you know he can fill it up. Though I think Charleston is going to be one of the most underrated backcourts in the nation. I think you kind of need to pay attention to them. I think they might actually carry uh, them to a CAA title and to the title game, and they might be the CAA representative in the NCAA tournament just due to their backcourt. Speaking of guards, winning in March. One of our last stops for the best backcourts in the 2017-2018 season is Minnesota. I think Minnesota is getting a little undersold um, or perhaps just placed perfectly in, in some people's uh, preseason top 25. It starts and ends with the senior, Nate Mason. Nate Mason averaged over 15 points and five assists, one of the handful of players that did that during the college season last year. And if we're going to highlight one of his games, it's a New Year's Day game against Purdue where he put up 31 points, 
He had 11 assists and 6 boards. Dude went bananas against a ranked team. He is not afraid of the big moment and can make big plays and make big baskets against big teams. Nate Mason is one of the best point guards in the country, period, end of sentence, hands down. He's got two guys that he'll run with. One guy is unbelievably intriguing, Amir Coffey. He's 6'8", and they play him at the off guard often. And He's a sophomore. He had a great freshman season, uh, similar uh, to Grant Riller from Charleston, but at a much higher impact. Um, Coffey ha- averaged about uh, 12 points, about four boards, and about three assists, so he did a little bit of everything. And the dude put up 30 against St. John's in November early in the season last year, so you know that he can fill it up and shoot it. He's really gifted. I feel like Coffey is like a little bit of a... NBA player waiting to happen. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets some NBA buzz around him after a great season at Minnesota. And uh, don't forget about Dupree, uh, Dupree uh, McBrayer. Um, he put up over uh, 10 points a game. He's 6'5". He can shoot it. So I think he they're going to play those three guys together. And I think that um, Minnesota is going to be... I think they're going to be a top three, top four Big, tw- uh, Big Ten team this year. I don't think there's any doubt that that can happen. Uh, so those are some of your best backcourts in the nation. Only got a couple more stops for you here. Uh, I, I think it'd be silly not to pay attention to St. Louis. They have uh, Bishop and Goodwin. Um, Bishop is returning. Goodwin's the, the freshman. Um, I don't think it's crazy to say that those two guys might be one of the best backcourts uh, in the A-10. Um, you know, Bishop... Uh, Red-shirted, he's going to have to improve his shooting a tiny bit, um, but the guy can he can just flat-out ball. Um, I think that he might be one of the best thieves in the nation. I wouldn't be surprised if he led the conference in steals. And then the freshman, Jordan Goodwin, um, he's a 6'3 shooting guard. He's super long. Um, he got a ton of attention from everywhere else, but he decided to stay local and come home and... You know, we said on a previous podcast, he might be the best St. Louis player since Larry Hughes. So I think it would be silly not to pay attention to uh, St. Louis as one of the best backcourts in the nation. And a backcourt that's worth watching. And, you know, St. Louis has had a couple of down years, so it'll be nice to give them some positive praise and some positive pub for sure. Last place, let's kick it out to the West Coast. St. Mary's. Last preseason, I thought Emmett Nahr would take a really big jump and put up some giant numbers as a junior point guard. It didn't happen. He actually took a dip backwards. So I think the senior is going to take that jump this year. He only averaged 9.4 points, uh, about 2.5 boards, and about 5.5 assists. But his shooting percentages were really solid. Uh, uh, 45% from the field. Uh, 42% from three and 85% from the line. I wouldn't be surprised if those percentages sneak closer to 50, 45, and 90 this year. Um, I felt like maybe last year he had a whole bunch of the ball handling duties placed on him, and it might have been a little overbearing. I'm not sure. Maybe he was a little injured and just didn't tell anybody, but I can see him having another big jump, and I think he's going to be paired with – the double transfer, uh, Cullen Neal, who was, uh, came from Old Miss uh, via New Mexico. Um, and Cullen Neal, if you pay attention to his, he's super talented, he can shoot it. But 
you look at his stats last year and like, huh, well, what was the big what was the big deal? Like he didn't even average double digits on an old miss team that needed points. He averaged thirteen points a game in the NIT run that Old Miss had last year. So when push comes to shove and big the light shine, Neil is gonna be able to do that and I can't wait to watch him play against Gonzaga. I think that's gonna be a really cool matchup. I think he's gonna really relish that opportunity. I wouldn't be surprised if Neil goes off in one of those Gonzaga games for St. Mary's. And uh, don't forget about uh, Tanner Krebs. He's a 6'6 uh, sophomore, had a decent freshman year, but he scored a ton of points in the tournament. Um, I think he put up double digits in both games for St. Mary's in the tournament. So he's also another guy to pay attention to. And they might be they might play all three of those guys together with Hermanson. That's a lot of shooters on the floor. You put that with Jock Landell, that, now we're talking team. Now we're talking an issue. People are going to have to check. Where do you guard? Do you run out and guard the three-point line and run those guys off the three-line and leave Jacques Landell alone inside? I don't know. That's a that's a, like a defensive nightmare to figure out. So I think St. Mary's is definitely a team and a backcourt that you should pay attention to. So there's, a, there's the rundown. Um, so we gave you a whole bunch of cool backcourts to pay attention to. Hopefully you guys can uh, tune these ba- uh, best backcourts in and uh, enjoy when they attempt to win games with their creativity, their shooting. Uh, Maybe they'll cross somebody over and break an ankle. But those are your best backcourts in the nation. So Screen the Screener listeners out there, thank you so much for tuning in and carving out some time. Of course, we're going to end with a couple of ahoys. And uh, this might be one of the coolest ahoy shout-outs that we've had. We're going to say ahoy to two coaches out there. We're going to say ahoy out there at Coach Carm, go GW, let's go, and ahoy out there, at Coach Kyle One, go Shockers, so glad that you guys found the podcast, hope you're enjoying what you're listening to, and uh, you know we'll try to give you guys a little love as the season goes on. Uh, again, if you, um, if you, <laughs> if you guys are uh, not busy over the weekend, we'd love any iTunes reviews. Mike and I are trying to... Uh, gather and garner as many itunes reviews before the season starts we're above 50 so if you have some time and you like what you're listening to hit us up on itunes and give us a positive review we totally appreciate it any itunes reviews we'll get a shout out and an ahoy on the podcast so we'll give you guys uh we'll give you guys the proper proper props uh if you do that for us so thank you so much for tuning in the screen the screener uh salancha gratulatia and cheers out there everybody Please enjoy your weekend and make sure you get outside and enjoy some time uh, before it gets too, too chilly and too, too windy. I'm to the appetite.